Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. Gosh, one of the last shows of the year, and what a year it was. So we're going to finish out the year with this amazing gentleman. His name is Lee E. Smith, Jr., and he's the chief executive officer of his amazing media company. And I'm going to bring him on in a second, but I just want to say that our show is being brought to you, of course, by the Red Carpet Connection, our executive director, Andrea Adams-Miller, who helps prepare and produce most of these shows, as well as the Keep Smiling movement a movement that is finding the leaders of today and tomorrow who are leading with their heart and making a positive difference in the world, bringing community together, uh, abundance, and especially hope. So we have an amazing guest today. As far as uh, that hope is concerned, he is bringing it. So you're going to enjoy this hour. So um, so what a dink that it's near the end of the year, and we reconnect past from a year ago, and you're having this amazing event in D.C. So why don't you uh, share your vision of this amazing event and how it's going to, I guess, play out so people can join the fun. Yes. Well, you know, uh, we take all of the events that we have produced across 800 uh, cities worldwide very, very seriously. But this year, uh, being that we're going to start people's decades, uh, we just feel that little extra burn to really uh, (laughs) not only give people the party of their lives, but really give them an experience that will uh, hopefully uh, give them a, a year and 10 years of uh, diversity and inclusiveness. And we are uh, super excited. We have a great partner in the Renaissance Marriott uh, downtown in Washington, and uh, it's truly DC's most internationally, culturally diverse New Year's uh, that bring people together from uh, over 20 states and uh, 10 to 12 countries uh, for this New Year's Eve uh, party and uh, new beginnings, we'll say. And how many times, how often have you done these parties, the New Year's events? So, uh, DC Bay's ultimate New Year's Eve, this will be our eighth annual in DC. And then we have a city uh, sister event this year in New York. Uh, that event is uh, in year 11. And then uh, Miami uh, is in year five. So the idea was to create uh, a cultural collaborative New Year's Eve that brought together uh, people from around the country to uh, have a chance to celebrate in the new year. And you have a partner in crime. Cat Legata, okay. <laughs> why don't you introduce? Yeah, yeah why don't you introduce your partner and and talk about your mission and, and how it's going to play out in twenty twenty. Yeah, so you know, Cat and I, uh, we really, uh, she is uh, incredible, and uh, also my wife. And and for any of you listeners out there that uh, work together with your significant other, it it really takes a special partnership. But ultimately, uh, Ken, as you know. You can't be great at everything, and uh, we uh, really have an amazing ability to balance uh, balance each other out. And uh, as I say, uh, there's nothing uh, that will get you through a marriage than producing events. 
which <laughs> can be uh, very stressful at moments. Uh, I'm also a lifetime New York Jets fan, so I always tell my wife, you'll never find someone uh, that is uh, more loyal uh, than, a, than a lifetime New York Jets fan. But, um, you know, all jokes aside, uh, our mission is to empower lives through engaging uh, and live events and really um, just how you can create those magic moments, you know. Uh, right now, our uh, festival, both in during New Year's and then in August, you know, we're four-time uh, Latin Dance and Diversity Event of the Year, uh, chosen by our peers. So, you know, throughout our conference, uh, which actually starts on December 27th, it's actually a five-day uh, kind of reawakening festival. So we have uh, workshops uh, in dance, but we also have some educational workshops uh, in um Music, as well as uh, we have workshops in spirituality, uh, business, and how you can become a better you for 2020. Uh, and we even uh, have some workshops from Infinity Compass, which they'll be coming in to talk about how we can um, kind of create our treasure map for 2020. So a great kind of spiritual rethinking uh, opportunity to uh, look towards uh, the future. So uh, our brand is much more uh, than just parties, even though we... Uh, are very good at keeping people happy, uh, dancing, and diversifying. And hence the reason you're called El Gringuito. <laughs> that is true. My very first Latin dance instructor, uh, my, my wife and I are professional Latin dancers that, that have done events across 800 cities, as I mentioned. But yes, my very first dance instructor named me El Gringuito, which translates to little white boy. And at first I said, I don't know if I really like this. Uh, but however, um, it was something I thought could be interesting to market because why would you want to learn the Latin dance from a white guy? And it, it kind of puts that, that piece of it uh, kind of in the forefront. And, and I think that's kind of the beauty of our brand because, because you know, in a time when our, our country is so divided, you know, dance, is something where people come together, celebrations are something where people come together, and they're really not going to care what your political affiliation is or your race or religion. It's really about connecting in the moment, uh, putting phones down for a millisecond, and, uh, and really enjoying in that, that, that diversity and uh, an opportunity to connect. Well, I think Kid Rock would be very proud of you. <laughs> yes, yes, Kid Rock might, might, might be able to take a note or two. <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to thank you for allowing us uh, to be involved in this big day and big evening. And if you just uh, summarize again real quick what people get for participating during the day portion and, of course, the evening and how to uh, connect with you to get their tickets. Yes, of course. So the event is happening at the incredible Renaissance Marriott on 999 9th Street uh, in Northwest D.C. Uh, we have, again, a diverse array of workshops that start at 11 a.m. on New Year's Eve, and those classes happen throughout the day. And then the evening portion of the event, uh, doors open at 7.30 p.m. Uh, we have an incredible, delicious three-course uh, meal provided by uh, the Renaissance chefs. Uh, and then there literally is the coolest, most diverse New Year's Eve party in the city um, that doesn't go to 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. It actually goes to 8 a.m. So it's uh, the longest-running New Year's Eve uh, in the party, uh, in, city, uh, in the city, I should say. And we have everything, of course, 
we like to think of our event as a buffet. So the main dish is going to be on the Latin variety. So we have an incredible international ballroom. Uh, this year we have Frankie Reese Jr., who is the son of the late great Frankie Reese, as well as an incredible live salsa band, Rumbi Saborlos Hermanos Calvan. There's a bachata ballroom. There's Zouk from Brazil. Uh, there's Kizomba, which uh, is from Angola, but has uh, huge roots in uh, in Portugal and Paris. Uh, but then there's just some, uh, we have a decades ballroom. We have a DC comedy experience uh, with six incredible comedians, including Tony Woods, Sylvia Tramer, Jay Rivas, Andy Evans, Kevin Anthony. Uh, so the concept is to lap your way into 2020. Uh, we That's have awesome. a reggae and soca ballroom. There's a onesie pajama party that starts at 2 a.m., I mean, there's a lot going on, so there's literally something for everyone. And, and what's the uh, site? What's the site people can go to to see it all? The, the site you, yeah, the site to get everything you need is at Tropical NYE for New Year's Eve. So Tropical dot com, and that has all the information. Uh, whether you're interested in the comedy component uh, or the Latin dance diversity side, or maybe you just want to come and, and watch. Uh, our amazing, uh, incredible, award-winning dancers that are coming uh, from 20 different uh, states and seven countries that will be teaching and performing uh, into the new year. And, of course, the workshops, too, are available to be involved in, right? Incredible workshops from everyone. Uh, We have uh, beginner boot camps for people that really, quote-unquote, want to start the new decade on the right foot. Uh, and we have advanced workshops uh, that would uh, keep uh, even anyone from Dancing with the Stars entertained, for sure. Super. Well, Lee, I look forward to seeing you on the 31st and bringing in a wonderful new year. And, of course, creating a wonderful friendship with you. So thank you very much to you and Kat for all you do to bring D.C. some love and happiness and, of course, a more successful start to 2020. Hey, Ken, thank you so much. Uh, Again, we are truly uh, honored to be on the show, and uh, we'd love for all your listeners, even those that might be listening from afar, to hop a flight and join us for uh, one of the most creative, incredible New Year's Eve they'll ever experience. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. Happy New Year and happy holidays. All right, Andrea, let's bring in our wonderful guest, Perry Marshall. Please introduce him. Well, thank you. So Perry Marshall is one of the most expensive business strategists in the world. He's been endorsed in Forbes and Inc. magazine, and he's guided clients like FanDuel and Infusionsoft from startup to hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, he founded the $10 million Evolution 2.0 prize with judges from Harvard, Oxford, and MIT, and he launched at the Royal Society in London, and that is the world's largest science Research Award. And he also has worked with NASA's Jet Propulsion Labs using his 80-20 curve as a productivity tool. And his reinvention of the Pareto Principle is published in the Harvard Business Review. Now, his Google book laid the foundation for a $100 billion pay-per-click industry um, to raise that up so high. And the ultimate guide to Google ads is the world's best-selling book on internet advertising. So marketing maverick Dan Kennedy had said, If you don't know who Perry is, unforgivable. Perry is an honest man in a field rife with charlatans. He has consulted in over three. He has consulted with over three hundred industries. He has a degree in electrical engineering, and he lives in Chicago. So, please, Perry, welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to meet you after knowing you and hanging out with people in between us for over ten years. Welcome, welcome. 
Well, thank you for having me on and have the Christmas Eve Eve, and I'm really delighted to be talking to everybody today. So, um, yeah, we're going to tell some great stories, and you're going to get some um, some hacks that are going to make your business life and your financial life more pleasant and prosperous. So, yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. Well, our pleasure and how exciting because when you're at the end of a year, no matter what year it is, you always say, okay, finally, this year is done so I can have that explosive year next year. And so this will be really good information to give and very timely. So I guess I want to start off with part of your description when you're brought into a show is you're the most expensive consultant. And does that kind of put a smile on your face? Uh, It does. Um, You know, when I was... (laughs) 16 years old, I had um, Coke with my dad, my friend's dad, and he was a college professor. And I didn't know until we talked that he was actually the highest paid professor at the university that, that he worked at. And he, he, he was a management uh, expert. And he said, this is 1986, he's telling me this. So it's a long time ago. He goes, I I do consulting for companies and I charge three to $5,000 a day and my jaw dropped like what? Like, and, <laughs> and he said, I don't charge him all that money because I need the money. I got enough money. He said, the reason I do that is because when I start telling a CEO what's wrong with his company, he takes notes. And, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that is what I have found is that, um, the more I charge people for advice, and of course it has to be worth the money, which it is, but the more I charge, the better they are at implementing it, the more seriously they take it. I think there's something about human beings where we need to make sacrifices for the things that we consider valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I do it and you do it and everybody does it. And I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, I think, Most entrepreneurs, in my experience, are generous people who want to make the world better. Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs who, they want people to experience and enjoy whatever it is that they sell almost more than they want to make money from it. They they have a gift and they want to share it. They, They have a new design or they have a new technology or whatever, and they really want to get it into people's hands and to them, money is just a way that they get to do what they love to do. Um, and, and sometimes that makes us squeamish about charging or quoting an expensive fee. And, and that is actually not helping us because a lot of times for people to get the value, they need to make a sacrifice. Exactly. So I, I can imagine there was a time when you were the second most expensive consultant and you were pissed and you found out who that person was and you were like, I am going to up it one more time and take this person out. So they're second. (laughs) Well, I, I don't real I don't know if I'm the most expensive. I'm certainly one of the most expensive. I I don't, that's not really a a game that I, that I play, but you know, fees are about to go up on January one. So, you know, we're, we're, ratcheting up it again. And, and a lot of times um, when you, uh, you want to upgrade the level of clients that you have, when you want to upgrade the level of problems that you get called in to solve, 
you need to push things up. Um, probably one of the easiest ways that people can make more money in 2020 is to raise their prices. Sure. Um, and, <laughs> and, and like you probably know at some level if you're not charging enough for certain things. And, you know, if uh, we've all had situations where we quote somebody a price and they go, okay, and, and yeah. we sit there and we go, wow, that was pretty quick. <laughs> like, they didn't have to think about that at all. Um, it, well, that would be a, a sign right there. Well, raise, your I, prices, ra- raise your prices 20% and see what happens. It, it probably won't hurt you a bit. Sure. Well, the last thing I want to do is piss you off uh, on my show and also piss you off at the beginning of my show because you could just hang up and say, you know what, I've had it with you. But I, I'm going to find out your rate. <laughs> And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double what you charge, and I'm gonna brag that I'm the most expensive consultant. I may not work at all, but I am gonna brag. My. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's go back. There was a time, and I, I think you may recall this. It's probably a little dusty in your mind because you haven't had to think about it for a long time. But there was a time when you were the four thousand five hundred sixty-eighth most expensive consultant, and you were eating ramen and. Uh, it was a tough day, and <laughs> um, actually, I, I always love this part the most in my show. It's it's that everyone is self made, or on some level, even if you uh, were given a couple of accolades in your early childhood, you still had to make it after that. So, would you please share for our audience, kind of how you came into the world, who you were, and how you were basically um, molded, influenced to become who you are now. So when I was about 12, I wanted to, I wanted a great stereo and my, our, our family did not have very much income and, uh, there was no way that I could get what I wanted, um, with the resources that I had available. And so I, I had to build the stereo equipment instead. And so, um, I made my first sale to a paying customer when I was 14. Uh, I ran an ad in the paper and the guy came and bought a set of speakers and walked out the door and gave me a check for 60 bucks. And, and that, that was the first of my entrepreneurial endeavors. Well, so fast forward uh, about 10 years. Um, so now I've, I've got an engineering degree and I'm, I'm, I'm working as an acoustical engineer. I'm designing speakers. Like I, I actually designed the speakers in the, 96 Honda Civic, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I got laid off, and my wife was three months pregnant. Um, and so I, I'm sitting here. I got no job, and I don't want to move away from Chicago and start all over. Um, and I ended up going into sales. And I remember a friend of mine sa- saying, you know, Perry, you don't just, like, stick a pencil behind your ear and get into a new career. You know, there's, there's going to be some learning curve to this. And I'm like, ah, uh, I, I've, I've met a lot of those guys. They, you know, I get called on by sales guys. I don't think those guys are very smart. So th- this shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the, the next two years was bologna sandwiches and ramen soup and pounding the manufacturer's directory and phone calls and cold calls and trying to go see people who didn't want to see me and doors getting slammed <laughs> in my face and projects being canceled just before the customer was about to buy, you know, and it just 
one thing after another, after another, after another. So, and, and when, when my wife had the baby, she came home from work. So she was no longer a legal secretary. And now we're on one income instead of two. And our credit card debt just spiraled upward. And, um, you know, I'm like living on fumes and, and two years into this, they fired me because I didn't have enough sales and my commission checks were too small. And, uh, one of, one of the manufacturers we represented pulled the plug on something and, um, and man, like I was desperate. Um, and you know, you, you get in situations in life where you've backed yourself into a corner, like, well, what do I do now? Like, I don't want to send my wife back to work and I've been in sales now for two years and I don't really have anything to show for it. So getting the next sales job isn't exactly going to be easy. Like, I'm not sure what I'm going to tell these guys. So uh, can you relate to this? Totally, totally, totally. (laughs) And, um, I, I managed, so I walked it, uh, it was just before Thanksgiving and I, I came in the office and my boss says, Hey Perry, I want to see you for a minute. And boy, sometimes you hear that you're like, this is not going to be good. And I went in Wally's office and he fired me and, uh, and I, and I drove home and well, it turns out the week before I had interviewed at this other company, cause I was already looking um, and they gave me a job offer before they found out that the other job had got canned. And so then a week right after Thanksgiving was over, I started this new job and they didn't know that the last thing had sort of kind of been a bust. Now, I'd learned a lot of stuff and I'd picked up a lot of valuable skills, but still, you know, it, and this new company, um, they had a website. And I had, in, in the middle of this dark journey, I had bought uh, Dan Kennedy's Magnetic Marketing Kit. And Dan Kennedy is really famous now, but he wasn't then. And back then, like, that thing was like this photocopied, cobbled together <laughs> with some cassette tapes thrown in. In fact, it didn't, it, I wasn't even sure it was legitimate because the packaging was so bad. Right. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I learned as much as I could from, I was learning the, the ABCs of direct response marketing, which at the time was mostly mail order and catalogs and direct mail. And uh, I remember connecting the dots. Nobody told me this. I remember, dang, you know what? A web page is a lot like a, a letter in the mail. It's like almost the same thing. I think all the same principles apply. And so I started applying mail order to the Internet in 1998. And you know what? It, it worked. And what started happening was um, I would get leads, like actual people filling out a form saying, I want to know about your network technology that you guys sell. And I would email them back. I would call them back. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you called because I'm working on. And this was the first time in my life I had ever been wanted as a salesperson. It was 
better than any therapy. It was like, my goodness, somebody actually wants to talk to me. My first commission check was the biggest, it was, it was the most money that I, I'd ever made in a job. Um, and like, and I remember the sense of relief. So you ever, have you ever almost have a car accident? Like you almost rear end somebody mm-hmm. on the expressway. And then about 15 seconds later, this surge of adrenaline comes coursing through your veins and you have, and your heart is pounding and like, it's not a good feeling, right? That is, that is what I felt like when that check came in because we were so close, like we were hanging by our fingernails. It's like, oh, well, we are now above the credit card minimum. Like I can actually pay off the credit card minimum and get a little margin. We can actually start inching our way towards um, sanity here. Um, And when I go to work, like my customers actually want to talk to me. And so that was, that was a huge shift in my life. And uh, that was the beginning of things actually starting to turn around. Well, that, that part about the car and almost hitting it, it reminds me of a Stephen Wright, um, his dry sense of humor when he says, you know, when you are leaning back in your chair and you're just about to fall back, but you catch yourself, he says, that's the way I feel all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wish I could relate to you uh, with being riddled with debt, chasing my dream. Everything seems to just work out so perfectly for me. And I'm sure all our listeners are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? I have a dream. I run with it and everything works out great. So I do have obviously the serious question that is going to address both those little um, comedic uh, attempts. Number one is... Is there always pain, i.e., all this learning curve and debt and no cash and just – is it a test that God gives us? And he's like, you know what? I don't know how hungry you are for this dream. So for the people that are chasing their dream and are absolutely frustrated but they are still going for it because they just can't quit or they believe in it that much or the people that say, you know what? I was waiting for this new decade to start and uh, that way I could say, you know what? I'm going to do something big in the world, and I'm starting on January 1st, 2020. So for either or both of those audiences, how would you address that? Well, I remember this guy came to one of my workshops about 10-plus years ago, and this guy had – he had had a – it was actually a science research job at, at this institution, and while he was doing that, he had managed to build – a huge affiliate marketing business on the side and um, had kind of coasted out of the old job. Uh, he was making about $1.5 million a year. He was under 30 years old, and he was and I, he's sitting in this workshop for two days, and there's, there's only a few people in the workshop, and so I got to know all of them very well. And I'm thinking, man, this guy is cocky. Uh, and in fact, his attitude was like, why doesn't everybody else just get with the program, man? Like, dude, like you do your stuff, you put the, the numbers in your spreadsheets, uh, you make it all work out. Like, what, what is wrong with everybody? And I'm just sitting there going, man, dude, like you had it way easier than most people I know. Um, well, a year or two later, 
some things had gone wrong in his business, and he was desperately scrambling, and he was no longer making a million and a half dollars a year, and um, and he was getting like a real dose of humility. And my experience is that ninety five percent of the time, people have to struggle to get it. Five percent of the time, people might like wander into. Uh, something kind of like he did or have some like really special advantage. And he did like, I'm not going to go into it, but he did have certain advantages. He was a, uh, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye gets to be king. And he was like the man with one eye and he had some skills that were really necessary, but he, he just sort of stumbled into it. But that is, that is not what I find with most people. And, and most people really struggle to listen. In fact, I think I think that what the struggle really does to most people is is that they get pounded in the head so many times. You know, the best part about hitting yourself in the head with a hammer is it just feels so good when you stop. <laughs> and um, and and there's a lot of people who. They're not actually ready to listen until they've been through the gauntlet for two, three, four, five years. In my case, it did take, it didn't take two years. It actually took about five. Um, cause I had been doing some other stuff too, and that hadn't been working either. I was like, oh, this is going to work. This is going to, I know this is going to work. And the, and I was just redoubling my efforts trying to do things that didn't work. And, fi- and I remember it was just before I got fired from that job, I started to realize how desperate my situation was. And I said, okay, what is it that I am missing? Because the testosterone and the willpower and the affirmations in front of my mirror every morning aren't doing it. So what am I missing? And, and, that is, I think that's actually the, the turning point right there. Um, it, it was when I started to realize that I thought I was listening and I thought I was teachable, but I really wasn't. Well, thank you for that because, you know, um, so many times uh, you know, I, I have this adage that people really believe that we have to suffer to learn. And I'm, I'd like to really shift everything so that people realize that we don't. We don't actually have to be miserable. We can just be happy and everything can be awesome and, and it can work. And that will lead us maybe to talking more about your book, Evolution, and the different beliefs that people have about different things, and maybe more about the 80-20 marketing, because if we market better, certainly things can shift. And with that, we need to go on break for a few moments, and we'll be back. We'll talk more about what's going on in your world and with your books and products. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. 
Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right. Welcome back. This is Ken Roshan on Amplified on Voice America and Perry Marshall, by default, being the most expensive consultant, now owns Amplified and Voice America and is now a sponsor (laughs) of all shows. So that is the first thing I'd like to do to take care of that issue. And and we also have, of course, sponsors like the Red Carpet Connection. If you are entering 2020 and you don't have a publicist that's helping get the word out, connect you to media and opportunities that actually let people know that you care about what you're doing and you're doing really great things, then I highly recommend you check out the Red Carpet Connection. And of course, our foundation, nonprofit, the Keep Smiling Movement, are in a search to honor those who are leading with their heart and bringing community together and just making the world more positive. So those are our sponsors, and we're bringing back Perry. So Perry, I would like to deem the first segment as pain and suffering, okay? And we don't need to bring that into the second segment, okay? All right, bro? (laughs) You got it. I want to talk. Only pleasure and and victory from this point forward. Pleasure and victory, exactly. So um, I, I agree with you. There's just so many people that think they have all the answers and they kind of have to be pummeled a little bit. And that that was that first segment. So let's address the people that don't really like uh, the pain and the S&M. They just want to get to the glory, the abundance, and actually um, create something beautiful as quick as possible. You were mentioning before that you were having some issues finding the missing link or what was missing. So this is kind of a several-part question. So one is... Can you tell people what they probably just need to look at or how they actually find that missing link so they can get on with the, the dream and be successful? Uh, there's an old book by Harvey McKay called Beware the Naked Man Who Tries to Sell You His Shirt. <laughs> and if the title of that book gives you misgivings about anybody who you're working with or who is teaching you, that gut feeling is probably right. Mm -hmm. So I'm into something that I like to call the laboratory of reality, okay? There's theory, and then there's the reality. Now, I'm an electrical engineer, and I probably have more appreciation than most people for theory. And I like theories and models and all of that. Those are great. But um, a person with a theory is... Uh, is always at the mercy of a person who has an experience. Um, and and this, this is why I like 80-20. So 80-20 is a principle. It's a law of nature. It's a law of cause and effect. And so most people think it's just kind of this economic thing. So most people have probably heard somewhere that a guy named Vilfredo Pareto figured out 100 years ago that 20% of the people have 80% of the wealth and 80% of the people have 20% of the wealth. And that's true. Um, But it's not just wealth, it's sales, it's traffic, it's, it's, it's clicks on your website, it's cars on the roads in your neighborhood, 
It is the size of craters on the moon. It's everything. And about 15 years ago, I discovered the real depths of the 80-20 principle. And, and, and 80-20 says that what you put in and what you put out are always unequal. It is actually very rare for you to put in one unit of effort and get one unit of, effort, uh, of result back. What almost always happens is most of the time you put in one unit of effort and you get one-tenth of a result, and some of the time you put in one-tenth, one unit of effort and you get ten times the result. It's almost always true. But, but until you recognize it for what it is, it's really easy to not notice it. But I started suddenly seeing it everywhere, and it, it, it became a, a pillar of my entire business. In fact, I've, most of what I've done in the last 15 years has been built around that. It's, it's probably the most useful thing I ever learned. Well, I wanted to first of all ask you, uh, is there a correlation with um, Mr. Gladwell's work with the tipping point? And outliers with regard to this. Yes, yes. In fact, both of those books are books about eighty twenty. Okay, so the the tipping point, the tipping <clears throat> point is it's the it's the one thing that you put in one unit of effort and you get ten or a hundred or a thousand times the result. Okay, and mm-hmm. outliers are the people who do that. So both of those Malcolm Gladwell books are books about. 80-20. So it's like 80-20 is the software that the universe runs on that explains what, 80, what the stories that Malcolm Gladwell is telling you in his books. Right. And, I, you know, it's not and, often and, you are able to quote a person who has such a cool name. I mean, Vilfredo Pareto. I mean, I, only, I almost want to <laughs> say it the rest of the show 80% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the Italians really like him. In fact, in fact, the, the an Italian company um, translated my book eighty twenty sales and marketing into Italian, and then they and then they um, invited me to come and speak at their conference, and then they got me into Harvard Business Review Italy. So, man, the Italians love Vilfredo Pareto. And, and seriously, though, I think he is one of the hundred most. Um, studyable, important people of the last hundred years. Like I, I think Pareto is right up there with Einstein or Thomas Edison or Henry Ford or anybody like that. Except what what he did is much less famous than those other guys. And so, if you understand eighty twenty sales and marketing, you actually have this huge secret advantage over everybody else. It's, well, it's a, a secret of- weapon. A lot of people don't know that Vilfredo Alfredo, I mean, Pareto, Pareto ate Alfredo 80% of the time. <laughs> so there, well, there's a lot you know, to be Bill, learned. Uh, so I want to ask um, you a question well, about this. There's lots of ways because... to prepare it, right? You can put it on a sandwich. <laughs> you could put it in spaghetti. Go so is there, is there a 90-10 and a, a 94-6 and a 99-1? Are those all kind of equal in what's happening? Those all exist, in fact. So when, when I say 80-20, it's really shorthand for extreme inequality. 
Right. And depending on what you're doing, so sometimes it's 70-30, sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 99-1. So, for example, social media is actually 99-1. of the people on Facebook literally get 99% of the attention. Okay? this This is how Trump got elected. Trump has this psychotic ability to get attention that he doesn't even deserve. Um, so all he does do is just send stuff out, out through Twitter, okay? And, and what, what I've actually found is that um, the brick-and-mortar world is 80-20 um, because it has a lot of friction, but the Internet world is 95-5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the internet was promised like, okay, this is going to make everybody's going to be equal. Everybody's going to be educated. Everybody's going to have access to information. What it actually did was made everybody even more unequal than they were before. It's really a game of inequality. And, and so your job as an entrepreneur is to see the hidden levers in the universe that give you the advantage because there's not going to be equality. It's not going to happen. What can happen is that the people who are unequally successful, disproportionately successful, can be better people. The the whole idea that we're going to just make everybody equal, that is a fairy tale and a fantasy. It never happens. So uh, the advice of make sure you have three USPs and that you really are different and can stand out aids you in this 80-20 success, right? It is the most essential thing in the world. USP is the king of everything now. Okay, like, so if you study unique selling proposition in marketing books, um, you know, you'll get stories like Domino's Pizza, fresh hot <coughs> pizza delivered in 30 minutes or less, guaranteed, and that's a USP. Well, okay, that's true. Uh, that was a great USP in 1974. It's a pretty lame USP in 2020. Okay, um, you know, you know what, you know what a good USP is in 2020. Tell me. Um, hey, got this app? Open your phone. And push a button, and a car will come and pick you up and take you anywhere you want in about four minutes. That's a USP. Yes. <laughs> okay. Or, 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 hey, we've we've got this uh, we we got this app, and if if you want to, if you're in Garden Grove, California, and you and you want a place to stay, uh, this person has a couch for thirty bucks a night. This person has a condo for a hundred and fifty. And you could be total strangers, but you could check into that condo tonight. That's that's a USP. Okay. So Perry, um, or or go ahead. I was going to say. So is it true that uh, one USP makes you a little harder to compete with? But if you have two brilliant USPs, then you're starting to really stand out as an industry leader. And if you have three, you're almost unable to be competed with. Like, for instance, an Amazon. Yes, and, and there, there are lots of ways to get it. So the USP can be what it is that you sell, but it's also who you specifically sell it to and when you sell it to them and what, 
like what thorny problems that people normally have when applying that product that you have worked out a solution for. Um, it, it could be um, it, it, the who, what, when, why, where, and how. All of those, in, you, you layer them. And in, in 2020, you really have to dig and you, like, you really have to circle the problem at all angles. And you have to pay attention to things like, okay, so, you know, the people that have bought from us so far, do they have any weird idiosyncrasies that we've not been paying attention to? So uh, here's a crazy story uh, that, that will illustrate this. So, so um, this, is a, this is a guy I know, uh, and he was a, a Dan Kennedy client a long time ago. He, he had a Filipino Christian mail-order bride service. That's hmm. strange, right? But that's yeah. literally what, mm-hmm. what he sold, okay? And, um, and so he had this consultation with Dan, and Dan says, so I want you to go look. Do your customers have any hobbies or professions or careers um, in common uh, that 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 uh, you haven't noticed, and he goes, "Well, I don't know. Let me look." And he went through all of his records, and he, and he figured out. He suddenly realized forty percent of his customers were truck drivers. Okay, now that's interesting. It's like, wow, I didn't realize that. Now this totally changes your advertising strategy because. He was advertising in USA Today. But if you know that 40% of your customers are truck drivers, which makes sense, right? They're like antisocial sure. people who are gone all the time, right? Um, well, you're not going to advertise in USA Today. You're going to put a little newspaper stand at a truck stop between the kind of machine and the cigarette machine next to the men's room, and it's going to have, like, you know, get yourself uh, a woman uh, flyers, and, and, and that's what they did. Now, this is a brilliant illustration of how most of the time, not just for that guy, most of the time our customers have weird idiosyncrasies and weird eccentricities that we cater to often originally by accident, but then we start doing it on purpose. So what did he do? He, he advertises differently. He starts advertising directly to the truckers. He starts writing all of his sales copy to talk specifically to a trucker. His sales goes up, and he doubled his prices. This That's very is, cool. And, and so USPs have to be engineered based on the situation. Well, I want to make sure, because we're getting closer to rapid fire, that there's so much great information in your book, and it uh, Obviously, this amount of time doesn't do justice to it. So, uh, first of all, I want to let the audience know a penny for your thoughts will get you this ebook. And if you go to uh, Perry Marshall's website, and that is perrymarshall.com, correct, Perry? Yes. If you go to if you go to perrymarshall.com slash eighty twenty, you can buy my book physically. We will ship it to you for a penny plus shipping. So, in the United States, that's seven bucks. We are taping dollar bills to this book, and we're doing it deliberately because I know if somebody reads this book, this book will change your life. I have so many customers who read 80-20 Sales and Marketing, and they're like, your book totally changed my life. I've never done business the same since I read 80-20 Sales and Marketing. So if you go to perrymarshall.com slash 80-20, you can buy that. 
and it'll probably be on your doorstep before New Year's. Okay. And at the top of the book, uh, I see $75 worth of 80-20 software tools inside. And of course, uh, it doesn't really matter how much this book costs. If the value is going to add zeros to your income, you actually can't spend enough money. It's like what we were talking about earlier. You know, If you have a CEO and they have the great information that the most expensive CEO you could possibly hire and they change your company to be 10 times bigger, then they're worth every cent. So I'm excited about uh, actually diving in a lot deeper into this book. And your uh, good friend, Richard Koch, has the 8020 principle and 8020 individual. Is that a good trilogy recommendation? Yes, I, I would recommend I would recommend Richard's book, the 80-20 Principle, and I would also recommend his book, The 80-20 Manager. They are great books. Okay. So it's going to be an 80-20 uh, holiday, sounds like, for everyone to kind of get <laughs> deep into this conversation for themselves. So before we go into rapid fire, could you uh, encapsulate a favorite part of this book that you'd like to share so people get a little deeper taste of, of what they're in for? So my friend John Paul Mendocha was 17 when he dropped out of high school and moved to Vegas to become a professional gambler. And about a month into this, he's like, dang, playing poker for a living is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And he bumps into this guy who runs a professional gambling ring. And they get to talking, and John says, could you teach me what you know? And he says, for a percentage of your winnings, I can teach you what I know. So they make a deal. All right. Jump in the Jeep, John. We're going for a ride. And they're, they're going down the highway. Uh, hey, man, how do I win more poker games? He goes, here, I'll show you. And he, he, says, he says, you need to, to play poker with marks. Marks are people who are bad at poker. And, and John says, where do I find marks? And he goes, right here. And he pulls into a parking lot of a strip club. And he goes into a strip club. And there's women and there's rock and roll and there's all this stuff going on in there people drinking, and this guy sits down, pulls a sawed-off shotgun out of his jacket, opens it up, and then snaps it shut, so it goes, and that's called racking the shotgun, and when he makes that noise in this noisy, loud club full of distractions, there's about six guys over in the corner, they all hear that sound, and they turn around like, whoa, who's going to rumble here, and the owner comes over and is like, hey, what's going on here? And, and the guy goes, don't worry about us. Just teaching the lad a lesson. says, John, did you see those guys who turned around when they heard that noise? And he says, yeah. And he says, don't play poker with them. They're not marks. Play <laughs> poker with everybody else. <laughs> now, that is, that is called racking the shotgun and and everything in marketing is racking the shotgun. You send an email, some people open it, some people don't, some people click and some people don't, some people listen to the radio episode, some people don't, some people buy the stuff, some people don't. All of it is racking the shotgun, racking the shotgun. And what you need to do in 80-20 is first you need to not be afraid to rack the shotgun, and most people are. They're afraid to find out who's in and who's out because most people are out and only a few are in. And secondly, most people are not paying attention while other people are racking the shotgun. But if you can get good at racking the shotgun and then, all right, we're going to zero in on these people 
and then you rack it again, we're going to zero in on this either smaller number. Your success is actually going to come from a very small number of customers, a very small number of products, a very small number of reasons why people buy, and you'll find that most stuff you've been doing has been a complete waste of time. And that's when you actually wake up. That's, that's awesome. Love it. So I have a question. So um, I'm the executive director of the Keep Smiling movement. I'd like to hear more about how 80-20 is applied for nonprofits, you know, when we're, when we're literally seeking out people to be ambassadors and for donations to continue our mission. So every nonprofit will find that their donations are 80-20, if not 90-10. Probably 90% of your money comes from 10% of your donors. And one of the things that nonprofits are afraid of is to go back and ask a second time. Uh, one time I was in India, uh, in Hyderabad, and my windows rolled down, and, there, and a woman holding a baby sticks her hand in front of my face through the window in my car asking for money. And I put a quarter in her hand, the hand went back, put into her pocket and the hand came right back and she just asked for more. That's awesome. That woman yeah. understood 80-20. Cool. And that's, well, you that's ready? actually what nonprofits need to do. Okay. Cool. So are you ready for rapid fire, Perry? I'm ready. Okay. We got about two or three minutes. So really, really quickly. So uh, what's a book that changed your life? 80-20 principle by Richard Koch. Andrea? What's a song that gets you ramped up and motivated? Um, the Camera Eye by Rush. Nice. Good job. <laughs> All right. And, uh, <laughs> I hit a button there somehow. Yeah. All right. Your favorite holiday movie? Um, it's a Wonderful Life. If you had a superhero power, what would it be? Um, suspend Gravity. Mm. Okay. And then... For the rest of the year, a movie that inspires you. Um, okay, this is a weird one. Chernobyl. Oh. Now, why would I say that? That is a movie. Everybody's got to watch that movie. It was on HBO. It is, that is a movie about bureaucracy. <laughs> and, 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 and bureaucracy is everywhere and bureaucracy if you watch that movie you know what i'm talking about the guide your counters are going okay it's going on all the time we are drenched in bureaucracy and you know what my prediction in the in the next 10 years there's going to be some major bureaucratic engines that are going to crack like you ever cracked an engine block in your car like there are some big bureaucracies that are going to they're going to be spewing motor oil everywhere. <laughs> well, and we'll like, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to fight bureaucracy, man. It's your enemy. It is the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess it could have been a longer answer. So thank you for making that rapid. So here is besides besides Vilfredo Pareto, who is someone else you'd like to hang with and meet? I want to meet Thomas Edison. I don't really know how to do it. Because he's dead, maybe I have to die first. Hopefully not. But um, you know, I went to the. There's this Edison Ford Museum in Fort Myers, Florida. I went to a couple weeks ago. Man, that was interesting. Uh, man, those were those, those were some sharp guys. Well, I'm going to take the last 
question because we were down to 10 seconds. So uh, what's a quote you live by? Anything that's worth living for is worth dying for, and it ain't worth dying for. It ain't worth living for. Amen. Well, Perry Marshall, you have been amplified, and what a pleasure it was to speak with you about all these wonderful uh, ways of making 2020 better, and we are going to have you back in the future. I know that you're going to be one of our favorite Keep Smiling because you have such complexity, and uh, we're going we're gonna to really enjoy helping you publish the Keep Smiling book, I guess, is it evolution happens or 80, 20 happens something. So this is Ken Rashan with amplified with Andre Adams Miller, our executive director of the key smiling movement. And this has been brought to you of course, by perrymarshall.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays and happy new year. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.